acting like your take on religion or you know how life works or politics is 100% correct all the time and everybody else is wrong and you know and then boxing people into corner it's really bad evangelism and it certainly doesn't feel and sound like good news to others when you do that now no one thinks they're doing that but wow i've seen it and i've seen it a lot and even when we're certain of our faith and what the bible teaches our posture and how we discuss these things is a huge proclamation of who God is and the heart of our Father. God is never pushy. He's patient. He's kind and slow to anger and gentle and generous and loving and available. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Here we are. It is another great day to be here, to be together, to be doing the Life School Podcast, and a very important se- season here in the Northwest. Yes, because the Seahawks are kicking off. This week? This week, later yeah. on, right? Not today, but soon. Here. So yeah. I'm a huge soccer fan. I know you're a big rugby fan. Mm-hmm. Are Seahawks, have you ever been to a game? Oh, yes, of fun? course. And I watched first preseason game. Okay. And I was, I got to be honest with you, the whole time I was watching it, I, was, I just kept saying to Tina, and this is another reason why rugby is the <laughs> best sport. <laughs> Isn't and, that funny? Yeah, no kidding. Because yeah. it seems so slow now to oh, me. Oh, yeah, it's so slow. It's just like all this jockeying and lining up and everything, and then like, it's over. Yeah. You know the whole thing of like an NFL game, if they just take the time the ball's in play? What is it? It's like five minutes or yeah, less or long, something yeah. like that? I've well, heard three and a half. I've heard five and a half. Let's just say you watch it for three and a half hours, yeah. but there's only about five or seven minutes or something of play. Not in rugby or soccer, bro. That clock done. starts and they're on it, right? Yeah. No, we, I joke about the Seahawks because it's like every you do one play, then the reviewers do it again in slow motion, then there's a flag, then it goes to commercial, then you do the next play. I, it's just I'm slow. Tell, I'm ruined now. Yeah. I'm ruined. I, I, I don't know. I still say I'm a Hawks fan. Anyway, enough yeah. of that. No one hardly is caring about this. <laughs> but you're right. I am kind of excited, though, for this next season, and I want to be into it. Yeah. But It's hard know, to hate Russell Wilson. Come right? January, uh, Sea Wolves rugby is going to be kicking back off, and I got season tickets. So here we go. Boom. Hey, today we're talking about this the seven big worst awful evangelism mistakes today, right? <laughs> and we've done shows before on evangelism and our views on that. But this week we're going to kind of take a bit of a different approach on common mistakes to actually avoid. However, the first thing I think that we need to talk about is to clarify meanings that we do a lot on this show. So let's talk about what evangelism really means. Great place to start. And I always like to set a baseline so we can all talk from the same media, right? So many people use the word evangelism in different ways, actually. But what does the Bible say about it? That's a good place to start. So when we look to Scripture, us English speakers sort of run into a problem. There's no direct equivalent word for our English word evangelism found in the New Testament. So, you know, we we could discount it or whatever, but but it's in there. It's just not that exact word. Sure. But it's but its origin is rooted in three different Greek words. Okay, so here here I'm gonna go a little nerd nerd alert for a second, and I'm gonna murderlate some pronunciations here. But the three words one is uh, euangelion. Okay? okay, gospel um, to describe what is said. In other words, there, it's it's the term. You know, in other words, they're talking about the thing. Sure. And you can look like Mark 1, 14 to 15. Look that up, okay? So describing what is said. Then there's 
Euangelistes. Okay. <laughs> Euangelistes, evangelist. So that's that word is used like in Acts 21 and Ephesians 4 to describe the person who is telling the euangelion, the gospel, okay? Mm-hmm. And then there's euangelizo, to proclaim, to proclaim the gospel, to describe, and, and that word's like describing the activity of telling the gospel, <laughs> those who are proclaiming the good news. You see that in Roman 10, okay? So there you go, nerd alert. But those three words kind of pulled together, like the thing they're talking about, like who's talking about it, the evangelist, euangelistes, and then the euangelizo, to proclaim what's going on, the activity, uh, then is that all kind of pulls together for us, right? So we kind of understand what's going on there. Sure. and what's being conveyed in the New Testament by the word to bring the good news, euangelizo. So let's remember, the word gospel means good news. So the gospel is the good news. The evangelist is the one who is telling about it. And to proclaim it, the euangelizo, <laughs> I'm going to be done with this in a minute, is to bring the good news, right? It's to, it's to do that. So um, in this case, the good news we're talking about is about Jesus, so, because everybody thinks maybe the word gospel, like like we made it up. Well, no, it's it's news. It's good news, and it could have been about anybody, right? Sure. It could have been about anything. It was it meant the term, you know, the good like hey, someone's coming with good news, right? In this case, the good news is about Jesus and the forgiveness that He brought us through His life, death, and resurrection. God coming as man, and that the kingdom of God has now come, hmm. and Jesus, not you or I, lovingly rules this kingdom. That's that's really good news. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So that's the baseline from which we start to talk about evangelism. It's it's the proclaiming of this good news or the displaying of the good news about Jesus. Yeah. And all the things that the gospel then fills up in our life. Hey, props to you for getting through those hard words. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I, you know, I never claimed to speak Greek, but I, anyway, well, then, that's not the point. It's the point is the three different words kind of frame it for us, right? No, so. it's beautiful. So when I, as you're talking there, I'm thinking initially of Ephesians four about the the call and church leadership of those who are called to be evangelists, right? Right. In Ephesians four, you're referring to like there's the apest model. Yep. Right. There's apostles, Prophet, prophets, evangelists, evangelists shepherds, shepherds, teachers. Yep. Yeah. But when we're looking at Ephesians four, that doesn't negate that all followers of Jesus actually are called to move people from unbelief to belief in every area of life. That's so right. I've actually heard people before say like, oh, well, I'm not an evangelist. And it's That's like, not my thing. Yeah, yeah it's not, not, not who I am. I'm not wired like that. Do you think anyone can really use that as a scapegoat to get out of sharing their faith or is sharing the faith for everyone? Well, it's first off, I'd I'd say it's really not a matter of getting out of sharing our faith, right? It's, if that's, yeah. and I'm not saying that's your heart, I'm just sure. saying, but a lot of people say it that way, and a lot of people think it that way. Like, I can say that, and I get out of it. Like, no, if we really see the gospel of the kingdom and Jesus's life and sacrifice and rule as good news and a needed good news to the people you know, everybody in the world, then we're going to want to share it. Okay. That's first off. So really, I think I would love to see our heart being on like, man, I wish I was an evangelist so I could talk about it more. No, that Ephesians four passage is talking about specific giftings. Sure. Right. Uh, 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 Which are people like evangelists. That's a person, a Mm -hmm. prophet. That's a person that are given. And I'm not going to teach Ephesians four now, but what for the equipping of the saints to bring us to unity and fullness in Christ and maturity, hmm. right? So there are those who are going to be evangelists that really equip the rest of us in evangelism. That's sure. the point, for the equipping of the saints. So no, no one, quote, gets out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope our heart is moving much more towards we get to. But see, that only flows if you really think that 
Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and, and all the effects of that and how it speaks into our identity and our lives and our marriage is really good news and it's needed good news for the world. Hmm. If you don't feel that, well, then you probably will be looking for ways to avoid talking about it. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking as even as you're talking about evangelism, uh, the way I've seen it much in the past is that evangelism typically in American Christianity is like this big... Billy Graham, huge event at a stadium where he comes yep. and shares a message. There's not much follow through. Stage, lots of planning, yeah, thousands big of people. bands, right? So those are kind of like the giant nets being thrown. Yep. But there's not usually much follow through there. Right. But then discipleship typically is like this boring kind of classroom setting where you go through a book together. And Knowledge acquisition. Yeah, exactly. But it sounds like in your thinking, and I know from stuff we've talked about previously on the show, over and over and over, that evangelism and discipleship are a lot more connected than than these two kind of segregated worlds. Yeah, and that's huge, and not not everyone agrees with it, um, but that that's one of the big mistakes that we can make in evangelism and in discipleship today. And in fact, it's one of the seven. So let's talk about those big evangelism mistakes, okay? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so you've come up with the seven worst mistakes to avoid. There's probably more, yeah. but I tried to whittle them down to like, what are the things that are really barriers or, you know, to us and to others? The Caesar seven. So let's talk, <laughs> let's walk through those here. Okay, so the first one is not knowing and understanding and embracing a really big gospel, like one that speaks into all of life now, Hmm. and instead preaching about someone's afterlife when they have real problems and needs right in front of you that the gospel, the actual gospel, does address today. That's a a huge problem. (laughs) That's a huge problem. So if your gospel is so small and you think it's primarily about the afterlife, that's one of the worst things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's not going to be good news to anybody with real daily problems when you're talking about, well, you're after life, you know? Yep. Okay, the second, I think, of, of huge problems with evangelism is thinking that evangelism is about closing the deal and getting people to say a certain prayer. Hmm. And coupled with that is is thinking that it's our job to get out there and get everyone saved, yeah. which just puts crazy weird pressure on us. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, go get people saved. Yeah. It says go make disciples. It, we have plenty of examples of people proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And if you want to walk in his ways, we want to show you. If you want to understand how his life and death and his resurrection and him being a son and you now being a son or a daughter affects all of life, that's that's what proclaiming the good news of the gospel is about. But thinking that I got to get you saved, oh, there's so much pressure on you. And then you, we mark people and we put weird yeah. things on them and we don't have real relationship. It's, no, I remember a st- with my decade stint in the South where there's a, a church down the street that did their good old fashioned soul winning where they get together and on Thursday nights they go out soul winning oh, door yeah. to door. And you're like, no, you're not. I, and I know some people are going to be ticked off here in this episode, sure. you know, because they're going to go like, you should. I'm like, mm. so that kind of leads me right into the third of the of the worst things is is that your evangelism is giving a presentation instead of having a conversation hmm. or a series of conversations exactly. in relationship, which, by the way, conversation includes listening yep. at least 50 percent of the time. Right. Absolutely. Two people in a conversation. So don't think of, if your evangelism is presentational. And it's primarily about a historic event that happened a long time ago. That's not the gospel. Yeah, that's not what gets proclaimed in Scripture. Absolutely. Okay. Fourth is um, seeing apologetics as the primary form of evangelism. In other words, trying to argue with people into believing what you believe is true, yeah. or going after you know the age of the moon rocks, or you know like this <laughs> or that. Or whatever. In other words, apologetics, which is the defense of the faith. It's, it makes for horrible evangelism, and often this approach leads us to focusing on behavioral modification with people. In other words, we start out by pointing out their particular brand of sin and and then quoting lots of Bible verses and and really trying to prove it. 
and then thinking we just evangelized some people. We just good news them. Yowzers. Yikes, right? So You know, that reminds me of, uh, it was way back, but episode 212, when we were talking about why apologetics makes for poor evangelism. If, yep. if you haven't heard that one yet, go back to 212, why apologetics makes for poor yeah. evangelism. But That'll... just pointing out someone's sin and, you know, and then going hard after it. Now, even in relationship, that's kind of icky. Yep. But often people do that, right, you know, with the whole trick people into like, have, you know, have you ever you ever stolen? Are you a thief? Like, yeah. no. I mean, never taken a paper clip or maybe picked a pencil up off the <laughs> floor at school and it wasn't yours, but you took it home. And you can see, you're a liar, you're a liar. too. Yeah. So, you know, all that stuff. And then you just quote, unquote, quote, like, I, I just evangelized them. Yeah. No, that was no good news. <laughs> no yeah. good news in there. Not, yeah, exactly. Don't put that in the category, okay? Uh, the fifth one is acting like your take on religion and how life works and politics and and fill in the blank is, is a hundred percent correct. And everybody else is wrong. And then we sort of box people into a corner. That's bad evangelism. Yep. And often we do. And why do I list all those things connected to evangelism? Because that's kind of how people take us as Christians. Like we come off as like, you know, you support this person or that person in politics, or you're against this issue or that, or, you know, there's only my way. And like, wow, Christians don't even believe there's one way. There's thousands of denominations. My point is not that you can't be, have a conviction. It's acting like your view on all this stuff is hundred percent correct. And everybody else is, is wrong. That's mm. bad evangelism. Yep. And it r- certainly doesn't feel or sound like good news to others when we do that. It's antagonistic. It's argumentative. Yeah. And even when we're, like like I said, really certain of what we believe in our faith and what the Bible teaches, our posture and how we discuss these things is a huge proclamation of who God is and displaying the heart of our Father. Yep. God's never pushy. He's patient. He's kind. He's slow to anger. He's gentle. He's generous. He's loving. And you know what? He's available. Yeah. And oftentimes we sort of do these drive-by shootings. I, I Sometimes I've called it like just sitting in the corner and chucking rocks at people, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Do you hang out with those people? No, because of this. Like, so we point out their sin. I talked to them about it. They didn't want to hear anything about it. They're rejectors. They're going straight <laughs> to hell. It's like, please don't call that evangelism. That's just jerky. Yeah. <laughs> this is being beep, yeah. you know, like, you know, <laughs> not good. All right, sixth one is, and you kind of alluded to this just a second ago, is separating evangelism from discipleship and discipleship from evangelism. Hmm. Jesus said, if you'll walk in my ways in John 8, he says, if you'll walk in my ways and be my disciple, then you'll come to know the truth. And he meant like in every area of life, and that truth will set you free. Yeah. And so we look at that and we go like, oh, wait a minute. Jesus didn't ask people to first believe a set of doctrines and principles before they could hang out with him. He said, come and follow, come and follow me, hang out with me. And he did life right? Yeah. And so his form of evangelism looked exactly like discipleship. But we talk about discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in every area of life in light of the gospel. Yep. So then wait a minute, you can't do discipleship without the gospel transforming all of our beliefs. So then what Jesus said, so we get set free. Hmm. It is for freedom that I have come <laughs> set yeah. you free, right? Exactly. So I think we've done ourselves a huge disservice when we separate and put evangelism on on a continuum before discipleship or vice versa, or just purely the separating of those two. They're way more inner, they're way more interconnected. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's an evangelism quote unquote mistake. Evangelism is discipleship. Discipleship is evangelism and it's over the long haul. We've said it before in the show, quote my buddy, Hugh Halter, that when he meets someone, 
for the first time and he knows they don't have a relationship with God or Jesus in, in, in the right sense and they're walking with him. He just counts on it taking five years probably for yeah. them to come to a point where they've walked in his ways enough and come to know the truth about him and been set free enough that they can trust him as Lord and Savior of their whole life. Yeah, sounds like Jesus, right? <laughs> Three-year commitment. Yeah, man. Okay, the seventh one, and this this one kind of wraps up a lot of stuff, man, but the seventh worst mistake in evangelism is loving yourself more than other people or God's glory. We love ourselves more than people. We love ourselves more than God's glory. Mm. And so... So you avoid speaking about the truth and the good news of the gospel and who Jesus is and what he's done and, and how we get to live now because of that. And, and we do that because we love ourselves and we fear what others may think. Self-love and fear of man is a huge barrier to evangelism, and it's one of the worst mistakes we make. Now, we can't just wave a magic wand <laughs> yeah. and say, well, I'm done with that. But that's the thing that is the biggest hurdle was we love ourselves more than we love people in God's glory. And we're not that fluent. We've talked about gospel fluency a lot on the show. We're not that versed or able to speak in ways that are actually good news to people. And since I love myself and I don't ever want anybody to think poorly of me or I don't want to risk any relational strife or I don't want my neighbor thinking I'm a weirdo or whatever, because sure. I love me, you know how I can control that? I won't say anything. Hmm. That's bad. <laughs> And that's really, I think, why we have a huge evangelism. It's one of the big reasons, one of the seven, why we have a huge evangelism crisis right now in the church. You know, even as you're just talking there, I'm thinking about how amazing the differences are when I'm looking at evangelism from what I grew up hearing in the local church versus what you had just talked about. Mm. Because, uh, again, the soul winning thing, I remember the chick tracks, you know, where it's like, hey, hand out the... I just saw something on Instagram today where someone said, someone just handed me yeah. this. And so... I can't even tell you how many ways the theology is bad. And they had a couple of pictures there. Oh, yeah. It's some terrible. guy some guy commented and said, like, literally someone keeps taping him to the front of my car, chick tracks, in my driveway, <laughs> and I'm the pastor, and I live in the parsonage right next to the church with the sign. Like, they just have no clue. Oh, know? we were down at the water the other day, and somebody was handing out million-dollar bills with, like... To I've my done, kids, I've had it. I was like, you know, you're I going used to, hell. to do that wacky stuff, man. So it's so. I mean, this way actually. I repent. Like Jesus. If I did that to you, I'm so sorry, and you happen to be listening. I repent. <laughs> Stop by the house. I will repent on my face to you. <laughs> if I find a if I find a chick track in public, I personally throw it away because I feel it's doing the Lord's oh, work. Oh, please bring it to me. Let's take <laughs> pictures and put them on Instagram. Yeah. Hey, what first steps would you say people could take to begin to feel more confident and better equipped for this good, solid? effective type of evangelism that you just shared? Great question, Heath. I'll take us back to, to the first number one item on the list today, um, and that's believing a bigger gospel. We really need to understand the gospel that's a gospel about all of life. And I know that's almost like a broken record on the Life yeah. School podcast, but we have to. We, we've got to see the beauty and immensity and the relevance of the gospel speaking into and transforming uh, all of life and experiencing life of freedom in, in the kingdom, knowing of the Father's love and how, what he thinks of us and how we get to live our identity, our authority and privilege. And so I, you know, I think that's where I'd say is like, if you have that sort of lack of confidence that I can even sound like good news, sure. invest yourself, like grow in your gospel fluency. I, I'm going to put a link to a couple of really great resources in the show notes. Okay. Um, I do a, a free webinar called The Gospel in Everyday Life, and I'm going to put a link to that. Okay. And yep. that'll really help people, you know, put their foot on the path. And then also my book, Bigger Gospel, which that webinar is kind of based on, it's, it's actually available right now for free. 
I'll, it's a hard, it's a book. It's a full printed book. It's not an ebook. I'll ship it to your house. If you're willing to pick up the shipping and handling on the book, it's like seven bucks or something. That's not bad. Okay. So if you want the book, it's, you know, you can go and buy it and go to, you know, go to my website and find it and buy it. But sure. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes where all you have to do is pick up the shipping and I'll ship it to you for free. Fair Easy. enough. Yeah. So those are some real practical steps. Don't just think about it. Just, just don't think about all the barriers, but like start to make a difference by growing in your own gospel fluency. So. Sweet, man. Thanks for that. A lot of yeah. giveaways this week. Hey, uh, we want to get to the big three, which are the big three takeaways. If if nothing else, we want you to walk away with from this week's episode. And you get it as a printable PDF right into your inbox by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Again, that's 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Here you go. I'm, I'm wound up for these, okay? okay? So the first one is like, hear this. Believe it or not, most people are very open to having spiritual conversations. Hmm. I believe that with all my heart. I just, I, that's been my experience all over the country, all over the world. Sure. But it must be, those spiritual conversations must be in the right context at the right time. And we must have the right heart posture in order for it to truly be a conversation that others want to participate in. Sure. So people are open to spiritual conversations, but not jerky, weird ones, like some of the things on the list. And, and they you want them to be open to it and maybe even willing to like revisit that and come back. Let me think about that and come back. So asking more questions and listening well, especially at the beginning of a relationship is a lot more important than trying to win the conversation on the spot. All right, man. Number two. Okay. Number two, we must understand It's kind of what I just said a minute ago. We must understand and believe a really big gospel that speaks good news into every area of life, starting with our own. We need to be evangelizing our own hearts before we'll probably love people and love God enough. We must also love God and his glory more than our own comfort and our control over what people think of us. Like, do you believe that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and his loving rule in your life is merely a convenient thing for your afterlife? And so that's why you said that prayer and you're, 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 glad that you're in the club or are you grateful and have a desire for everyone to experience the freedom that you have in christ see that changes things a lot it sure does absolutely all right number three all right number three this is the sort of hands part of it like the practicum start growing in your gospel fluency so that we have good news to proclaim that's essential learning to speak and live and enjoy the gospel in every area of life not just like eh, I'm a church person kind of waiting for heaven with, you know, behavioral modification for me and the kids, you know, and my neighbors that'll listen. No, yeah. but, but like learning to experience and like, like really live out the gospel in every area of life allows us to proclaim the gospel in both words and throughout all the normal stuff of life as people mm-hmm. interact with us in our community. So get the resources and training you need. Take me up on those offers for a free webinar, online training, free book, and then share it with others in your family and your community. So you can begin to evangelize yourselves and each other before, you know, kind of heading out on the road to do that for everyone else. Remember that moving from unbelief to belief concerning the truth of the gospel in every area of life is what discipleship is. So as we learn to evangelize ourselves, that's going to also totally pump up our discipleship as well, because that's what discipleship's all about. Thank you for those big three. Yeah. Again, you get those for free in your inbox right now as a download by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash a big three. If you haven't yet joined us uh, in rating our show and giving us a couple stars on iTunes or now we're not just on iTunes, Stitcher, we're on Spotify. We're on Spotify, yeah. Yeah, we're all over the place. Would you jump in and write a quick review? It takes about 30 seconds. Give us a couple stars. Please subscribe, though, so that ding, the thing shows Every up Monday. In, in your box on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So and then that also gets the the news of the show out to some new people that I don't know how the algorithms work, but boy, I want to say I want to say a shout out to 
to all the new folks on our Facebook group. Wow. We've had a an whole bunch of people, hundreds in the last couple of weeks. And I know a lot of a lot of you joined us for the Everyday Disciple Challenge. Thank you for that. Awesome as always. Yeah. And um and now you're part of the group and you're part of the family. And so I if you're listening to this because you're like, well, I found out about the podcast I just want to say, hey, brother, hey sister, thanks yeah. for being here. If you're not yet on Facebook, uh, in our group, just go up to the Facebook uh, search bar there and type in Life School Podcast and Caesar I will let you right into the group. And you can join our conversations. Next week, we've got Doug Birch on the show. He's a friend of mine. He's a pastor. He's a writer, author, radio host. Whoa. One of the most avid tweeters I know. <laughs> he tweets from cats to Christ all in 30 seconds. So he's amazing. And we're going to be Loving talking, the tweets. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the problem of actually having your prayers answered. Not the problem of having your prayers not answered. No, it's the problem of having your prayers answered. Mm-hmm. So join us for that. I uh, hope you are with us next Monday for that one. Thanks for being with us today. Hope this was helpful for you. If you want some more information on the show, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.